Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome to another fantastic episode of You Got This with your host Sandy and Donnie from Your New Life Ministry. So today we have a very special guest, as promised, Dolly Thomas who is a director of Adult Teen Challenge of Texas. So welcome, everyone, and welcome to Dolly Thomas. Uh, say hi. Hey there, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much, Donnie and Sandra. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you've been doing in, uh, in your life and how they're been going with that. Well, so as you said, my name is Dolly, and I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I oversee our training and counseling services with Adult and Teen Challenge of Texas. My husband, George, and I have been married for 20 years. He serves as the president CEO of Adult and Teen Challenge, and we've been blessed to be part of this ministry for 20 years. We've got four kids. They're 17, 16, 14, and 11. So we've got a full, busy life, and we live with his parents. So um, tell us, go back to the beginning and tell us a little bit about your early years, um, some of the defining moments in your life that made a difference in your life, and also what led you to receiving the Lord. Well, I grew up in New Jersey and um, I'm part of an I was part of an Indian Christian family, and so we went to church, and parents loved God. But in 1988, my family suffered a car accident. We were driving home about 10 p.m. from the airport, having visited our family in India. We were exhausted, jet-lagged, and all of, us, all of us fell asleep on the drive, including my dad, who was driving. And so our car veered off the highway, struck a tree, and caught on fire. And I woke up soon after the impact of the smell of smoke and blood. And I tried to wake up my parents, but they were unconscious and my siblings were unresponsive. And I remember looking up into the sky and crying out, God, please help us. I tried to climb out of the broken window of our car, but the doors wouldn't open. But God in his mercy heard my prayer as an 11 year old. Two men, passers by, got out of their vehicles, pulled us out of the car. But um, it was too late for my dad. He had suffered cardiac, cardiac hemorrhaging and uh, we didn't have an airbag in that old Ford, and he was helicoptered from the scene of the accident, but they weren't able to revive him. My mom was a different story. Her seatbelt had melted shut. Um, our rescuers weren't able to get her out of the car. I remember watching them pull everyone else out of the vehicle except for my mom, and then a man on a motorcycle appeared on the scene, and I see him go down into the ditch, into the flames, and, and then he's carrying my mom in his arms. And before anyone could catch his name, he, he left her there on the stretcher. By that point, the ambulance had arrived, but then he sped off into the night. And then the car exploded two minutes later. So we believe that God in his mercy sent an angel that night to rescue her. She was saved right before explosion, but she suffered tremendously. She was burned on a third of her body, broke her leg, you know, almost lost her left arm and had to be in a hospital bed for a year. So our life literally turned upside down, but God was so merciful. I remember um, I got saved when I was 15 years old. Like I said, I grew up in church, but had a lot of different issues 
uh, just being the oldest, trying to, trying to, you know, keep peace in the home. We had a lot of different things going on, but God was so faithful. My mom became a prayer warrior. She literally prayed us through life and, and my walk with the Lord began to grow as I began to study scripture and in college got involved with a Christian group that, um, where I was discipled and learned to grow in my faith. So how old were you when the accident happened? I was 11 years old. My sister was nine. My brother was seven. And my mom was 38 when she was widowed with three children. She never remarried. And um, it became her mission just to see us through life and pray us through life. And she was a nurse, really depended on my dad for everything, even to drive. But she learned how to do everything, and we watched God provide, answer every single little prayer that she prayed, and we saw God be so faithful. So I can't imagine what was going through you at that time. Um, it was probably a lot of fear and panic. Oh, my goodness. I had nightmares for probably the next several months to a year and recurring dreams of fire. And, you know, I, I remember someone asking if I wanted counseling at the time, I didn't even know what it was. And I just said, no, I'm okay. But, you know, I think I stuffed a lot of what I was feeling um, because I just assumed this responsibility as the oldest child of, you know, I gotta, I gotta help my mom. I gotta just, be perfect. It was a lie from the enemy, I realized later on. But at the time, it served me to, you know, I thought, you know what, I was going to try to make my mom happy. I was going to do really good in school and all these things. Um, but it was this pressure that I built and created for myself to perform and have to be a certain way. But I had this fear. Yes, it was a big part of my life. So what led you to write this book? Well, in the last 20 to 25 years, so just kind of fast forward in college, you know, I thought I was going to be pre-med and I wound up um, getting my first C in a biology class and thought maybe that wasn't the route for me. And so I had decided to be a psychology major and, you know, felt like God was calling me into um, helping people with life controlling issues and, and possible mental health issues. In fact, I'll go, kind of backtrack at the moment of the, or not quite at the moment of the accident, but in the hospital room where my brother, sister, and I were the day before my dad's funeral. So this is a few days after the accident. They told us that my, um, my dad had died. So they came to my bed first, told me I start crying. And they tell my sister, she starts crying. And then they go and tell my little brother. My little brother was my dad's sidekick. I mean, they just did everything together. And when they tell him, he just lets out this scream that I'll never forget. You know, he was seven years old and he screams. And in that moment, God did something for me. He, he took the feeling of pain that I had and he just helped me to suspend it for a moment so that I could just wonder and care and have a compassion for my brother and think about what it would be like for him to grow up without his dad. And so that never left me. You know, I believe that God used that in that moment to fuel in me or fill me with a, his compassion for hurting people. And so 
back now to college and knew that I wanted to help hurting people. And so then I decided to pursue a degree in clinical psychology. I went and got my PhD in clinical psychology and God bless those efforts. Um, but soon into our marriage, so George and I got married um, right at right around that point when I was finishing my PhD, I was doing my residency and um, he started volunteering with adult and teen challenge. And um, it was amazing because I was doing my residency at Yale medical school and he was for like, just on the other side of the tracks, helping our teen challenge students in New Haven, Connecticut. And uh, we were, we were comparing notes at night. We had the same kinds of individuals, my patients and the students that he was seeing in the program, presenting with very similar symptoms, addictions, life controlling issues, mental health issues. And, um, and I could see as I volunteered while he was volunteering there, that the students at Teen Challenge were changing from week to week. I mean, you could see the change on their faces as they were being introduced to Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Whereas my patients were being tried on the best of what the world had to offer. I mean, we're talking cutting edge treat treatments and medicines, but there was hardly any change. I mean, there was some weight gain, possibly some weight loss. I mean, but the change was really insignificant. And it was so powerful to me to see the power of the living word of God to change people's lives, the power of the Holy Spirit to change people versus the power of medicine. And so that kind of stayed with me as I continued in my practice for the, ne for the next 20 to 25 years. Um, I've seen God change people and heal people. And so he started leading me to write a book that um, would help incorporate these the methods of change from his living word. And so I wrote the book um, just as you know, I took a month off from my ministry responsibilities. And in this time of leave, the Lord just began to help me kind of consolidate a lot of these things. So using scientific methods, as well as truth from scripture, uh, just to create, to explain an approach that helps people heal. And so the storm whisperer is a study from based on, on the gospel of John. So there's 21 chapters in the book and it's, it's how Jesus ministers to the whole health of each of the individuals he encounters in each of those 21 chapters. And after being in this field for 20, 25 years, I truly believe that the word of God is all we need to overcome man's problems. I believe there's a place for medicine at times, a, a place for, you know, um, psychological treatments at times. But I do believe that God's word is foundational and it is um it's vital to helping people truly overcome. I believe nothing's hard for God. And so this study, I believe, can help lead people to mental wholeness. It features a choice that people can make in each chapter that can lead them step by step to mental wholeness. There's no guarantee. There's a lot of effort on our part and, a, and, and truly a, a belief on our part that God can help us heal. But I'm, you know, I have personally experienced that overcoming in my own life is God had to help me heal and overcome many things. And, and then I've seen God, people, God help people, so many people, thousands really of people over the last 20 years. And so that's what led me to write this book. Uh, listeners, if you're uh, listening and I just want to remind you that this is Dr. Dolly Thomas,
Uh, she's the Director of Counseling of Adult and Teen Challenge of Texas, and she has founded Transforming Counseling. And you can go to her website to find out more about that, transformingcounselingcenter.com. And if you're in Texas, uh, tctexas.org to find out about the Texas Teen Challenge. But you can go to Teen Challenge USA, is that right? For to find it national a nat, a national location. And she has ministered to many women. Um, she had been the director of, of the Houston uh, Women's Center, but now she's the director of counseling of Teen Challenge. And she has wrote a book called The Storm Whisperer. And that is ministering and mental wholeness through the book of John. So how do you um how do you see God working with your Christianity and your faith and your uh being a licensed counselor? How do you see that mixing to help the women in Teen Challenge? Well, um, you know, I believe that there's so much power in that integration of science and faith. You know, there are all truth is God's truth. So any truth that emerges, so to speak, from science um, really has already been stated and defined and founded by God and in his word. And so um, so I, I truly believe that the two work together and I've seen God heal men and women. Um, of adult and teen challenge through it. And so how it's um, through adopting certain principles. I mean, I think the enemy wants us to think that there's really no hope for victory over mental illness. Um, if you're, if you have a gene or if your family has it, then you're stuck or you're cursed. I think the enemy also wants us to think that the church is impotent, that mental health issues are beyond the scope of the pastor or a lay person. And I also believe that the world wants us to think that science and medicine are the primary authority and answer on mental health issues, um, or that a minister isn't just educated or equipped enough. But I think the truth is that there is a place in the word of God. I mean, if you kind of define mental illness, really, what is it? It's a wor the world's way of classifying symptoms of the human condition. And, um, you know, the reality is, though, as scripture says, there is nothing new under the sun. And so there are names now, depression, anxiety, bipolar, borderline personality disorder. These are just man's names for a constellation of symptoms that stem from our thoughts and experiences. But Jesus, he's the author of life. He's able to minister life to us, mental, emotional, spiritual wholeness, and we can look to him for healing. So I believe the answers lie within his word and that it's outlined in his guidebook. And in the gospel of John, Jesus went out of his way to meet people where they were at. He met lost, the lost, rejected, forgotten, ostracized, traumatized people. And many of those people come through our doors at Adult and Teen Challenge. They're just broken down and beat up by the world. And, and many of them have lived true horror stories. It make, breaks my heart um, to think of the depravity that many of them have faced, the heartache and trauma. And if you think about it, you know, how can anyone really recover from that? I mean, how can any medicine really help? How is the numbing of certain neurotransmitters? way? How can breathing techniques by themselves just cure? I mean, the world's way is, 
it's deficient. But Jesus is the only storm whisperer. He's the only one who can take that storm of anxiety and depression and mood swings, disorder, thinking, suicidality, and truly bring a calm and peace. And so how did he do that? He inspired choices. He inspired mindsets. He presented opportunities for people to embrace him, his truths, his life-giving word. And so it might seem simple, but really, if you take any thought that we have, any temptation, we're all tempted to think and feel at times, whether it's comparison, worthlessness, emptiness, that pressure to perform, self-blame, unforgiveness. And we have these thoughts and you have them with increasing severity and frequency. You can have a condition that's debilitating and it might look like it might need medicine, but your brain is really responding to your thoughts. And if you keep thinking a certain way over time, you actually start changing your neurotransmitters and that can manifest as anxiety. And those conditions may respond to medicine, but medicine won't cure what's really underlying those thoughts. And so that's why as scripture says in 2 Corinthians, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so the Storm Whisperer is a study on how to really take captive debilitating thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Well, that's pretty amazing. And uh, this organization that you're a part of is pretty, uh, they're thinking outside the box. As medical science has gone through over the years, they always try the same old thing, just try a different medicine, maybe that'll help you. Then they go, oh, well, let's say, see if this one works. But they're doing the same exact thing, which reminds me of Einstein's theory of insanity. Keep on repeating the same thing over and over and expect the different results. Well, you can't keep on doing that when it comes to mental illness because it's still an undefined medical condition, which mankind always seen, oh, it's mental, it's mental. Well, maybe it's not just mental, maybe it's something else. And we all know the greatest book in the world, the Bible, will give us the answer. All of our answers are in there. We just don't know where to look at. And I like um, how you uh, said that we can take captive every thought. We don't, and listeners... Uh, please understand this, that you do not have to own every negative thought that comes into your mind. And the more you dwell on those negative thoughts, the more you dive into the abyss where Satan is trying to lead you. You don't have to own them, but the truth is to replace them with with the truth, but you have to know the truth. And you know the truth by knowing him personally and reading his book of instructions. And I like how this book helps you because at the end of every chapter, you expose a lie and replace it with the truth. I love how you do that. Yes. At the end of each chapter, there's a section called recap and engage. And so it offers just these one sentence summaries, a lie that the enemy wants us to believe, but a truth that we can replace that lie with accompanied with the choice that we can make that leads us really to wholeness and healing. It's a process. And it's not like you do step one, then step two and all that. It's not, you know, linear, so to speak. But um, I truly believe that that process can help heal. All right. Well, uh, honestly, that book, how many, uh, what would you say was the best, I mean, uh, the the characteristics that led you to write that book. Uh, that's what I was trying to say. Sorry. 
I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah, well, what were the events that led you to write that book? I mean, something had to happen to like, well, well you know what? I need to write this book. I need to get this book out to help people. Besides just the Lord leading well, you. <clears throat> sure. Well, it was a, you know, I would say it was kind of a series over the last several years. Um, God had been opening up opportunities for me to speak at different conferences and events. And um, I was getting requests from people to consolidate what I was sharing into some sort of written format that I could share with people. And so it was the response of people. And, and then, you know, just as I continue to pray over the years, I really just felt the leading of the Lord to be able to kind of put together in one place some of my life experiences, my own testimony of how God has healed and delivered me, but also how I've seen God do that in so many lives. And so I think it's a combination of all of these things. And then the timing, of course, you know, because you can have ideas, um, but just it started to get so strong in my mind as I prayed on a daily basis, like, you got to do this. It's time for you to put this on paper. Of course, I didn't know COVID was happening as I started to write. And so this was, it was, you know, I, I just thank God for his sovereignty and the way that he, he leads us as we seek him and, and try to obey him. So I praise him for, for all of this. He's, and, he's an amazing God. And listeners, we are going to put these, um, her website and the Teen Challenge website we're going to put that in the description for this particular episode. So you can click on those links if you're looking for it. Can you tell us, can tell the listeners, uh, we have just a few more minutes here. Uh, can you tell some, the listeners um, some a few points of some of the most important things they can do to maybe come back from mental health or to avoid the pitfalls Satan tries to put in your life to get you down that road? Well, what I would say is, you know, we're created as body, mind, and spirit. And I think it's really important to deal with mental health issues from a holistic perspective. We can't just try to pray, 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 or even read our Bible without taking care of our body and, or, and, and all of it. So I really start with first our spirit, getting our worship right, you know, because we're all spirit beings, we'll all worship something. And so starting there with a relationship with the Lord. And so, you know, I also wrote this because I was seeing a lot of clients and recognizing that they needed some, a guidebook to help help them as they're walking this journey. And so, so I'd start with getting your worship right, getting connected to a body of believers, first recommitting your faith um, to the Lord, or if you don't have one yet, opening yourself up to that. And then taking care of our bodies. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so what does that mean? I need sleep. I need to eat properly. I need to exercise. Uh, I need some of these things in place, because if I don't, I'm going to be more prone to irritability or anxiety or whatever. And so I talk about taking care of the body. And then we focus on thoughts that affect the whole person. And so thoughts like shame or how do you manage your thought life? How do you deal with loss? What is your worth? What does God say about your worth? Um, how do you deal with regret? How do you you know, develop a true, I know I, I believe in God, 
but how do I get to a place of really trusting him? And what are some barriers to those, to that trust? And so um, these are kind of the, the different topics, you know, that I explore in the storm whisperer and that I explore with my clients um, with transform counseling. That's pretty good. I mean, one of the hardest parts to a person, I would say, and I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but trust, building that trust is the most hardest and the most arduous uh, journey that anybody can possibly have. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think so many of us deal with trust issues, you know, and I think it's I mean, there's so many issues. I mean, so many factors that lead to that. I think it's when disappointments in life happen, you know, like, for example, what I experienced with losing my dad, I had a faith in God because I grew up in church and I believed in him. I would pray as a little girl on my bed every night. And so for something so tragic like that to happen to me, I just wondered like, God, why, you know, why would you do something or allow something like that? And so it, it can create a trust barrier between you and God. Of course, when people hurt you and abuse you, then there's difficulty in trusting people. So I do think trust is paramount. It's, you know, foundational establishing that, um, that even when things happen to us, God doesn't change. His character isn't different. It's not that he has turned from good to something other than good. He's still good. He's still faithful. He's still merciful. All the things that we read in scripture, but we've got to learn how to interpret our world still believing that he's the same. Nice. Well, I also got another question for you. I don't know if you do about deal with this in the book you've written or not, but you're, you and your husband work in Adult Teen Challenge, correct? Mm -hmm. Have you ever came across uh, individuals that ever diagnosed or been dealing with gender dysphoria? And how do you go about addressing it? Because I know in this day and age, more people are, are just thrown into this category without any sort of help except for medical surgeries and all that, all the other stuff. So how do you go about addressing that to your clients and, and, and uh, patients? You know, we, we always start with scripture and um, God's um, basic word, which says that he created them male and female in his image, God created them. And so we start with that premise and foundation. Now at adult and teen challenge, that's not our um, specialty, so to speak, to deal with gender dysphoria. Um, as you know, we, we have uh, single gender uh, campuses, there are male and female campuses, and they're always separated. Um, and we always take in people with, by their gender at birth. And so, but of course, what gender dysphoria really, it's an identity issue. And so it's kind of struggling with who you are and how you're made and your, and everything that's kind of wrapped up in that. And so indirectly, we're always, you know, helping to solidify someone's identity, who they are in Christ. What does God's word say about them and that? And so I think indirectly we're dealing with that with that issue you know and the more people get closer to the lord the more they get to know him and not just know about him the more they discover who they are in christ and their true identity and that comes with growing in the lord just like you grow 
you know, in physically from a baby to a toddler to, you know, a, a young child, young adult, and, and an adult, we grow spiritually as well. And you have to spend time with the Lord every day to do that. You know, you need your spiritual food, the Bible. You don't just eat on special holidays or on Sundays. So why mm -hmm. do some people want to wait until Sunday to receive the, you know, word from the pastor when you can be receiving it yourself? God wants to talk to everybody. And the more you get to know him, the more you get to know who you are in Christ. And that identity issue is kind of a new point. Um, That's I right. Completely, completely agree. Everybody knows the devil, Satan, whatever the heck you want to call him, is a master of lies and deception. And when you go about going into the world instead of being above the world, everybody gets going to get confused about what the heck is going on. And the instruction manual for life, as we all know, is the Holy Bible. So um, <laughs> we are about to run out of time, but before we do, would you like to say a quick prayer for our listeners? I would love to. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love for each one of us. God, I thank you for everyone who is listening to this right now. I pray, God, that you would continue to show yourself to them. Lord, you care about every situation they're walking through. You are with them in every fight and journey and victory in their life. God, thank you for that. Lord, I pray for anyone who's struggling in his or her thought life, God, who's struggling in their relationships. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring peace and relief from the lies of the enemy and from any lie that anyone has just continue to agree with. And I pray that you would break the power of those lies through your living word. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're able to overcome addiction and any kind of mental health issue, Father. You are almighty, God, and we worship you. Thank you for Donnie and Sandy, and I pray your blessing over their ministry. Thank you for Teen Challenge, for Adult and Teen Challenge campuses all over the world, and for what you're doing, God, through your Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And remember, you can find her book, listeners, on Amazon.com and uh, everywhere online where her bo um, books are sold. Yes, and, and we thank you, Dolly Thomas, for being a guest on our show today. It was a wonderful interview. Thank you so much. And in closing, we just want to let you, everybody know that you know you got this when you let God lead the way. I'll catch you later, Dolly. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.